welcome to another episode of the For the Good podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to YouTube and watching or listening on a podcast streaming service. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that has been very relevant in my life the past couple days, actually. So today I decided, you know what, it's on my heart right now and it's just been very prevalent in like every message that I've been hearing or reading in the word. Yeah, we're just going to talk about fearing the Lord and what God's word means when it says fear the Lord. So I'll explain like kind of what happened and then like why I was so passionate about like sitting down and filming this today because it's been everywhere. And I apologize if I sound weird. I'm recovering from having a really bad cold and like literally coughing all week. So forgive me if I sound a little rough, but this goes back to a couple days ago. I was in Ecclesiastes 5 and studying it. Verse 7 at the end says, much dreaming and many words are meaningless, therefore fear God. And I've heard this expression before. Obviously, I've read it in the word and I actually didn't know what it meant. Like this was years ago. I looked it up and I was like, what does it mean to fear the Lord? I want to know what it means. Clearly, this has meaning because it's all over the place. Even Jesus says it. So I had already looked into it. So I was already familiar with it. And when I read this the other day, it wasn't even the theme. This part of Ecclesiastes was just, it was talking about, I mean, if you've read Ecclesiastes, it's basically like this life is a vapor. So that part in there was, I don't know why that, those last three words, therefore fear God, like really, really spoke to me. And I was sitting on my couch and I like looked out the window and all of a sudden I had like these overwhelming thoughts of what it meant to fear the Lord. God gave me a great analogy, which I'll explain later. So this was already going on. Then I had a conversation with someone about, well, it was just a, basically a theme was going on that I was getting convicted of things and I was not doing them because of the Holy Spirit convicting me. It was not because I felt like I needed to earn God's love. I already received my salvation. I'm set. Okay. So I was not doing things in a quote unquote religious aspect to gain God's love and approval. It was me discerning the Holy Spirit and listening to the convictions that he was giving me. So this was a theme going on. And then today's Sunday that I'm filming this. So in church this morning, my pastor talked about going to hell, basically, like, because people keep asking, oh, why is a loving God send people to hell? So he went into detail about all of that. And basically, he said that people will get caught up in their sin, and they'll basically take advantage of the grace of God. We're called to fear the Lord. Okay. So then I was like, oh my gosh, this has just been like, (laughs) this has just been a theme. So I'm like, okay, I want to go home and I literally want to make an episode about fearing the Lord because it's so important and it's written so many times in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So it has meaning. So I'm just going to go over my notes because I spent the past couple hours like really studying it and making sure that I was not going to talk about this topic and not be knowledgeable of it. So we're going to go through my notes and we're going to talk about what it means to fear the Lord. So we'll start with there's two different people that the Bible's speaking to when it's saying fear the Lord. They're talking to unbelievers that don't know Jesus 
and believers who have already accepted him. So for the unbeliever, fearing the Lord means to fear God's wrath and judgment and eternal separation from him. For the believer, the Lord means to have respect for him or reverence, which has been used many times in the Bible as well. So first we're going to look at Luke 12, 5. And I tried to bookmark all these, but we'll see if, how fast I can flip to them. Look at that. I got right on it. Luke 12, 5 says, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. This is Jesus saying this. Jesus is telling us to fear the Lord, the one who reigns over our lives, the one who placed us here on earth. We'll read another one. Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So as believers, because we are thankful for God's grace, overwhelming love, and the sacrifice of his one and only son, John 3, 16, that died for sinners like us, we should out of respect follow his word and surrender to him. So there's actually another verse in Ecclesiastes that will read Ecclesiastes 12, 13. So I had not gotten to this yet because I am at the beginning of Ecclesiastes. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So what is the word fear mean? Because if I fear something, I'm scared of it, right? That is not what the Bible is saying when it's talking about fear. It's talking about reverence, right? So once we associate fear with the word respect, we will have a different view. So this was the analogy the other day, one of the analogies the other day when I read those three words in Ecclesiastes, I was like instantly drew a picture in my mind of this analogy that really helped me understand it. As citizens, we fear the authority. The authority sets a speed limit on every road and highway because they care for their citizens and want to make sure we don't put ourselves or others in danger by speeding. They uphold that law and give us a ticket if we speed, not because they hate us, but because they care for our safety. Just a little insight for you, police don't have a quota that they have to make. They're genuinely trying to keep people safe. That's their job. Have you ever been driving and you see a police car and you slam on your brakes, whether you're speeding or not? It is because you know that they have authority over you to give you a ticket for speeding. So you subconsciously slam on the brakes just to make sure you are obeying the law. At least I do that all the time. <laughs> and if you've ever been behind someone where they're like already going under the speed limit and they like slam on their brakes and you're like, come on, okay, you're going the speed limit. Like, it's fine. Just keep driving. I'm that person. Like, it's just an instinct to like tap on the brakes just to make sure so that I don't get a ticket. We should have a similar view of God. As followers, he has given us his word that talks about things he does and does not want us to do. He hates sin. Jesus hates sin. In fact, he tells us in Matthew 5 verse 30 to cut off our right hand if it causes us to stumble. Not because he hates us, 
for sinning, but because he knows how it hurts us. Out of respect for him having authority over our lives, we should fear him by obeying his commandments, submitting our ways to his, and worshiping him. Fear of the Lord is reverence that the redeemed owes to the redeemer. It is not a, oh my gosh, I have to do all of this or else God's going to absolutely hate me. No, it's a respect thing. Once you associate the word, that's what reverence is. Reverence is respect. So once you shift your mind to do things according to God's word out of respect for his authority over you, it changes your perspective. You're not following all of these things to be perfect and religious. You're following them because number one, the Holy Spirit's discerning you. And number two, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to be refined and the more you're going to want to keep his commandments because you understand his grace, love, and forgiveness. As Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We must understand that God is holy, just, and righteous in order to gain true wisdom. If we were able to gain true wisdom by our effort and energy, then we wouldn't need to fear the Lord to obtain it. But if it comes from God's revelation, then a right relationship with him is the key to gaining true wisdom. We're going to go to Deuteronomy now. This is where things are said very clear. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and then we're also going to jump down and read 20 and 21. It says, and now Israel, what does the the Lord your God ask of you, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now down to verse 20. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is the one you praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. In order to gain true wisdom and understanding, fearing the Lord is where it comes from. Like I said, if we could gain true wisdom by our works and earn it with all of our own effort, we wouldn't need to fear the Lord, as Proverbs 1, 7 says. So from a biblical perspective, fearing the Lord means understanding how much God hates sin, even in the life of a believer. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. I'm going to read this entire thing because it is so good. And I'm sure there are some people that have not heard this. And you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. You hear that? Not out of hate, love. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace, 
for those who have been trained by it. So just as a child fears the discipline of their parents, to fear the discipline of a parent is to respect them enough to obey them. We should seek to live in a way that pleases God, not because we feel the need to earn his love, but because we know that he loves us and cares for us so much that we respect him and obey him. You see the parallel here? That is why he's called our father in heaven. Fearing the Lord as a believer is not to be scared of God. So this is what I was saying earlier. When you think of the word fear, you think of, I'm scared of this. I have a fear of spiders. I'm scared of spiders. I want nothing to do with spiders. Okay. That is not what the word fear means in the Bible. When they're, when they're talking about this in Hebrew, the actual translation is reverence. So respect. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, he promises us that nothing can separate us from his love. And in Deuteronomy 31, 6, he says he will never leave us or forsake us. However, there will be a day of judgment. So Hebrews 10, 26 through 31 says, If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace? That part? Insulted the spirit of grace. There are people out there who are taking advantage of God's grace. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So that part was actually read this morning in church. I connected the dots and realized, oh my gosh, I have to talk about this because there are people out here who probably have never read that part. I hadn't even read that part. And I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, I know the day of judgment. Jesus talks about how God gave him that uh, role is in judgment. That part just really got me. So just keep that part in mind. In Psalm 36, it says that the wicked refuse to fear God. They have such a low view of God that they don't think God hates their sin and they are trusting in their own intelligence and strength. Now, God offers forgiveness to those who repent of their sins. Psalm 133 through 4. It says, If you, Lord, keep a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. We should be so in awe of God's love that we seek to do right in his eyes. If you have an overwhelming, loving parent who would do anything for you and offers you forgiveness, it would push you to want to respect and obey them. So when we become followers of Christ and accept him into our hearts, we receive the Holy Spirit. It is then the spirit within us that will convict us of things that go against God's word. However, we must remember that not everyone receives or obeys these convictions. For example, I love wine and I will enjoy a glass on the weekend and be totally fine. However, someone else might struggle to stop at one glass, enjoying it a little too much, become drunk, and fall short in God's eyes. I do not get convicted by drinking a glass of wine, but the other person does. Therefore, 
they stopped drinking wine. Is it fair, hear me, is it fair of me to say, oh, well, that person is just being quote unquote religious and they they uh, won't enjoy a glass of wine anymore? No, not at all. Because if they received that conviction to stop drinking wine, that is between God and them. And I, as a believer, must respect that. Romans 14, 21. This verse is so important when it comes to sin and those around you. It says, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So as a believer, I need to respect the fact that that was a conviction for them and that is something that they're dealing with. And I need to respect that sin by not doing it in front of them. For me, let me give you my example because I just use someone else. So for me, mine is cussing. I literally hate curse words. Sometimes one will slip out and I will literally feel sick and it will make me cringe. Someone else might be able to cuss and be totally fine and not receive a conviction for it. And that again is between them and God. However, I will not start to cuss and ignore my conviction just because they are doing it and didn't receive a conviction. And it is also not fair to judge someone and say that they are being quote unquote too religious because they are obeying their convictions from the spirit. Let's have respect for fellow believers. And let's not point fingers and say, oh, they're just too holy for me. This is what is wrong with Christians nowadays is someone will look at someone that's going to church and doing all of these quote unquote works in their eyes. And they think externally because they're not doing those things or they're not receiving convictions about certain things. They will think that the other person is just trying to be holy and work for God's love. When really you don't even know their relationship with God is between them and God. It is not a three person relationship. You do not come in the middle of it. You're, you're not the mediator. You can't come in between them and say, well, Jesus had a glass of wine. Like, why can't you have a glass of wine? Like, that's totally fine. That is disrespectful because if they're telling you that they received a conviction for something, and honestly, it's none of your business. They don't have to tell you. So let's just get that clear too. Now, if it's an explanation and they feel free to tell you, yeah, I actually don't drink wine because I got convicted of it. I respect you. And I respect the fact that you are so respectful of God that you are willing to obey him. That is good. That is great. That is perfect for you. And I praise you for that. But let's not go around and point fingers and say, oh my gosh, this person is way too holy for me. Like you get a new friend and she like never goes out to a bar and you're totally fine going out to a bar and you don't feel convicted and you don't do anything bad. You don't even drink and you go home and you're fine. And just because she's not going out to the bar, you're like, oh my gosh, she's so religious and holy. She just, she won't go out. You don't know what her relationship with God is like. That could have been a conviction. In fact, it was for me in January, I was literally standing in the middle of a bar and I was like, I don't want to be here. And I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to do it again. It was, it made me uncomfortable. I was instantly convicted by the Holy Spirit. It was not a, I can't do this because God's not going to love me. It was a, I got convicted and out of respect for God, I'm going to obey him. And in that moment, I'm going to obey him because delayed obedience is still disobedience. So if you're getting a conviction and it just keeps happening and you're not listening, obey in the moment. It is not fair for us to say that someone else is being too holy or too religious or following the Bible too much and they're just caught up in legalism. Let me tell you something. Once you become a follower of Christ, you receive your salvation. Once you believe it in your heart and you accept it that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you receive salvation. It is then between you 
and the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit will convict you of things that are not right. And there's a reason why you're being convicted. So listen to it. You might not see it in that moment. Like in that in that bar, I was like, I was not drunk. I drove home. I was totally fine. And I literally on the way home, I was like, I don't understand why I got convicted. Like going out doesn't, doesn't, I go home alone. I'm, I'm sober. I literally drive. What was the purpose? Like I was not doing anything bad. I was literally hanging out with my friends. I wasn't entertaining anything like, and in that moment, I was like, I don't understand. Like, why am I? It's not my job to question him. Like, I felt it in my soul, literally standing there. And I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't ever want to go out to a bar. I never want to stand here like this and feel this ever again. I'm not going to go home and question. Well, you know what? I've already received my salvation. God loves me so much that it really doesn't matter if I keep going. Like, yeah, I felt weird and it was uncomfortable and I felt a conviction. But I mean, God loves me no matter what. So it doesn't really matter what happens. And I could disobey and a couple months go by, I could go out to a bar and something horrible could happen. There is something so special about listening to the Holy Spirit's convictions. And it is between you and the Holy Spirit. It is not someone else telling you, well, the Bible doesn't say that that's bad. So I don't know why. Like, the Bible doesn't say that we can't have a glass of wine, so I don't understand why you aren't having a glass of wine. That's between them. They were convicted. It is their walk with Christ. It is not yours. And it is not your job to sit here and tell them you're being too holy. Because I have heard that one too many times, and I'm tired of hearing it. It is not right for us to sit in a place of judgment on other people who are listening to their convictions of the Holy Spirit. If they're sinning and they're not being convicted, and you've already dealt with that sin yourself, you go about it in a a healthy manner and you say, hey, as another follower of Christ, this is something that I've dealt with. I want to help you get through it. Let's deal with it because there is a healthy way and the Bible talks about that. And that's a whole nother topic for another episode. But let's be respectful of other believers who are listening to their own convictions and they're fearing the Lord and their walk with God. Because each of us are individuals. We all have our own walk with God. We all have our own relationship with him. It is between us. This is why it's so important to have relationship over religion. I am not refraining from cussing because I feel like I need to in order to gain God's love. I am refraining from cussing because it was a conviction from the Holy Spirit that I felt in my soul and made me uncomfortable. And therefore, I'm going to obey because I respect my Lord and Savior. This is something that I'm very passionate about. So I apologize if this episode sounds very like preachy and in your face, but this is something that has to be talked about because it's something that I've been dealing with. It's been driving me crazy. And the fact that I read those three words in Ecclesiastes and then the entire weekend just kept getting affirmation after after affirmation that God wanted me to really step into this and really dive in. And then my pastor literally preaches a message similar to it and brings up some of these verses. And I'm like, oh my goodness, things are clicking. Like, sorry, it needs to be said. So I am being obedient and I'm sitting in this chair and I'm talking to you about how important it is to fear the Lord and respect other people's convictions from the Holy Spirit. So to wrap up, This little last part that I'm going to end on is the revelation that I had after I read those three words in Ecclesiastes. If we don't fear the police, we will be more apt to commit a crime. If we don't fear our parents or guardians, we will be more apt to disobey them. We don't fear God because he's evil and cruel and we are scared of him. We fear him 
in order to respect him. So let us not take advantage of God's grace and mercy. Let's walk in a reverential fear of God and fully surrender to him and obey his commandments. If you are not a believer and you just watched this episode, I pray wholeheartedly that you can open a Bible. It's all over the internet. So you can download the Bible app if you don't have a tangible one and read what his word says about how to get saved and receive salvation because Jesus is the only way to eternal life. And your fear of God is different. You are fearing the wrath of God because hell is real. And the only way that we know that is because heaven's real. So there has to be an alternative. If you want to learn more about why God sends people to hell, literally go check out my church's message. I will link it below. It was so good. Just really reiterated the fact that I needed to sit here and talk about it. If you are a fully devoted follower of Christ and you've received your salvation and you are walking with him, I pray that you are able to hear the Holy Spirit when he's convicting you of things. And I pray that you are able to obey it and what he's telling you out of respect for God, not because you fear him. Like, it's not like a, oh, if I don't go to church today, I'm going to go to hell. No, Bible doesn't say that. But if you wake up and you're like, I feel like I need to go to church today, go to church because the Holy Spirit convicts you to go to church. It's not a, again, it's not legalism and it's also not working for God's love. It's you're doing it out of respect for him. We do not go the speed limit because we're scared that the police are going to send us to jail. No. Out of respect for the police and their authority over us, we go the speed limit. And if we don't, we get a ticket. We say, sorry, we pay the fine. We move on. Everyone's fine. It's not a, oh my gosh, I'm going to be sent to hell if I do this or if I don't do this or if I... It's The Bible is very clear, but let's not disrespect other people's convictions, because that is another big thing. I hope that this podcast episode cleared up the subject of fearing the Lord and what the Bible means when it says that, again, the original term in Hebrew means reverence, so out of respect. So we have respect for the Lord, and we obey his commandments out of respect for him and his love for us. Stay tuned because more are coming. I'm going to try to get more up. There's a lot that the Lord's teaching me right now, and it is just lighting a fire in me. And I get so excited to sit down and film these, and I really hope they help you guys. So thank you so much for watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast streaming service. Yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. And those of you that stayed to the end of the episode are true supporters. So I appreciate it because this was a hefty one and I feel like I yelled a lot. So I apologize if you had your volume up and I was like in your face, but it has to be said. So, all right. Well, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.